Gaggers. Lollygagging Sports. I am Bo Reed along with my co-hosts, Samantha Button and Matthew Irby. We're going to be talking uh, a little baseball playoffs. We're going we're to break down the upcoming week in the NFL. We're going to have our Let's Remember Some Trades segment. Uh, but first, Samantha, I wanted to start, obviously we're going to talk about the, the League Championship Series that's going on right now. We have both both series being played right now. Now, I am personally watching the, the Padres and the Phillies as we record the podcast. And I had a reminder, we record these Wednesday nights. So if we say something about a game that <laughs> happens while you're listening on Thursday, uh, that's why. Um, but let, let's start with this. I think we'll start with this NLCS, Samantha. And and the one thing uh, that comes across, I think, early on is neither one of these teams were supposed to be here. I mean, my personal bracket, I had both of these teams losing in the wild card round. Now, thanks to um, things that really I don't I feel uncomfortable talking about because the Yankees are the reason. But that's the only reason why. My bracket's not busted, um, but the National League playoffs have gone have not gone as projected because these two are the ones the last ones standing. Yeah, this is interesting. I mean, I think a week ago we had a conversation about the baseball gods potentially punishing teams for being uh, overconfident, let's say, and it's you know it didn't hurt Houston. It almost hurt New York. They were lucky to get out alive. Yeah. And then both of the NL series, yeah, I mean, it's Philly just kind of ran over Atlanta and the, the Padres. I mean, that's the weird one, right? Like, that was probably the last oh, yeah. team any of us expected to advance, at least in the National League. And here they are in the NLCS, which is, like, weird and actually kind of great. Um, you know, the, the AL side is obviously a tremendous disappointment to most baseball fans not in New York or Houston, since those are not teams that anyone likes other than their yes! own fans. Yes, thank you. So <laughs> that's sort of a rough place to be. But then on the other side, you've got these two upstart teams, you know, Phillies and the Padres, which, you know, there are, of course, criticisms to be made of both of them, but it's, it's interesting, right? And these are, this is definitely the fun side of the bracket. Nobody had this one on the bingo card, so just wild. Isn't everybody's, is everyone's bracket busted? I mean, mine is because I picked the Guardians. Who did you guys pick? 
I mean, I had the, I actually had the Dodgers beating the Yankees in the World Series. Oh, so yours is busted too. Okay. Unless Everybody's the Yankees busted. win it, if the Yankees win it, then no, uh, you're still busted because the team you picked to win is out, so you're out too. But I get but the points just, if my championship team right, wins. But, <laughs> but you didn't pick them; you picked the Dodgers, so you don't get any points if the Yankees win. That's not how brackets work. Oh God, you're right. Yeah, I did, I did pick the Dodgers over the Yankees in the World. You're right. I, yeah, no, yeah, you're out, busted. pal. Yeah, I'm you're busted. I'm busted. <laughs> I'm but for some reason I convinced myself that because the Yankees are still alive. That <laughs> somehow no, I no, get busted. more points. I'm but busted. the bracket is busted. I'm busted. I'm busted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, Irby, let's talk. Let's, let's toss this over to you because uh, I, I think Samantha hit on something there. Where like like the the National League has become the fun bracket, the fun side of the bracket, while the American League is just I don't know what to call that. I feel like it's something bad from the Goonies. I feel like that that's what, something, something from the Goonies is, is what is going on in the ALNS. Let's talk about the National League and uh, the National League Championship Series. Um, is it the fun side? Is is it? Do you agree with that? Like, is it the fun side of the baseball playoff bracket right now? Oh, absolutely, and 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 love the Goonies references. So let's just run with that. Yeah, the, the Phillies and the Padres oh, are the Goonies. You know, I, 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 I can see Jerkison Profar or, or forget that Trent Grisham. I can see Trent Grisham standing up in there. This is our time. Our time. Okay? <laughs> you know, I mean, my gosh. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Trent Grisham is a hero. Who's, who's all that coming? I mean, uh, I love our home run leaders right now. <laughs> or, or Bryce Harper. Yeah, makes sense. Harrison Bader. Okay. And Trent Grisham. Yeah, sure. Saw that coming. But, yeah, the National League, definitely the uh, – the, the Goonies, I like that. Yeah, now the two teams, no one, none of us had them there. You know, we all felt pretty confident of the Cardinals beating the Phillies. We all felt very confident of the Braves beating the Phillies. So here we are. Of, <laughs> I guess if we all pick the Padres, then the Phillies will definitely win. <laughs> is what we had on the NL side, and 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 the um, as a whole, to to touch on what you were saying a a, a minute ago on, on brackets busting. Um, yes, I my bracket definitely. Was the sequence when um, Data uh, thought he was lighting a candle, and it was not a candle; it was a stick of dynamite. That is my oh, bracket no. over <laughs> the last few days. It is, it is my baseball. You know, I, I, I joked about it last week, but it definitely came true. I did a great job in the regular season, and I did not show up to the postseason. Wow! You know, see, I, I, I was really trying to carry over my smiting ability. We talked about this last week. I was trying to carry that over into, into, into these playoff rounds. And unfortunately, I've, I've, I've dealt with kind of an angels in the outfield situation. You guys remember that movie where like championships had to be one on their own. So I think I've lost my powers to uh, smite people in the playoffs, which is really unfortunate considering Houston is still alive. But that's neither here nor there. But I did want to ask you guys this question about the National League Championship Series. Not the American League. We'll, we'll talk about that here in a second. This is only about the National League Championship Series. Championship series. I want you to ask you guys this. Um, do you get the sense or a feeling of a team of destiny from either of these teams? Is that, some, is that something that's crossed your mind? Samantha, let's start with you. Is that something that's crossed your mind? Like anybody, either one of these teams... 
in the NLCS, do you get that sense of the team of destiny that's very similar, I think, to what we saw with the Braves last year? So I think coming into the postseason, there were like three teams that had potential team of destiny vibes. And it was Cleveland, St. Louis, and Philly. Like those were the ones that you thought, oh, could this be the guy that's just like on fire and just mows everybody down? And St. Louis just, you know, immediately extinguished. They were gone. Cleveland put on a good show, but ultimately just kind of fell flat at the end. But the Phillies still going. So if there is a team of destiny remaining in the postseason, it has to be the Philadelphia Phillies. I, I don't think that the Padres, having suddenly figuring out how to win baseball games after just limping around and doing <laughs> idiotic things all season, like, no, definitely not. And, of course, the other two don't really qualify for this, but I, I will buy the Phillies as like a team of destiny. I absolutely will. They fired their manager earlier this year. They were a mess. They were a complete mess. They heated up at the right time. And, you know, with Cleveland out now, they're like the only fun team remaining. I don't know if the Padres are fun. I think they're too stupid to be fun. They're kind of fun. And no one in the American League is any fun. I mean, the Yankees and the Astros are like the least fun thing ever. Actually, the Yankees are the least fun thing ever. Houston is the most hateful, but the Yankees are the least fun. So we don't love that side of it. But Team of Destiny, Philadelphia Phillies, why not? <laughs> Irby, same question to you. Do you get a sense of a Team of Destiny between these two NLCS combatants? Uh, yeah, I, I first am laughing at Samantha <laughs> yelling at the pod. You're literally too stupid to be fun. Like, this is, <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> Uh, because the Padres are, yeah. I mean, that's the team where uh, what's happening in game two is exactly right. Like, they can put together, they can run into five runs in an inning, and that can be enough to win games. And it was enough to beat the Dodgers, who I mean, just did not show up. And, and that's what happens. Yeah, I know the whole 111, all that. So, well, the playoffs are less about that. You know, that that's a whole body of work, and it was incredible. The postseason something different. The Padres, the Dodgers didn't show up. The Padres ran into enough crooked innings that they won that series. It's that simple. And that's what they're doing in game two as well. So it, it's that is what, you know, the, the Padres, what's scary is, is if they can run into enough crooked innings, yeah. you know, one to a, a, a game, they can win this whole thing. That is a that is a heck of an ask to, to, to ask a team to constantly be running into crooked numbers. That is not how you want to go about business. So, uh, yeah, the, the, the Phillies. You know, it, it's one where it doesn't get talked about. We, we talked about rotations. We talked about lineups. We talked about offense, defense, all those things throughout the season. And, I mean, duh. I, I, Schwarber, Hoskins, Real Munto, Harper, Cassianos. Absolutely, that's a one through five that can carry somebody. And so it isn't that shocking. And that's why, yes, I love the, the, the phrasing there of a, a team of destiny. They are putting it together with, with what Beeler is doing on the mound right now is fantastic. I, there's aspects of the Phillies bullpen that scare me, and, and I don't fully trust it, but again, I go <laughs> back hair? to... Well, yeah, I, I, no, no, the Phillies, not the Padres, the Phillies. Oh, my bad, um, my bad, my bad. Yeah, yeah no, Eflin, well, Eflin's one of them, exactly. I mean, that's one where it's like, no, it's... I, I don't fully trust me he's in there, but at the same time, nobody, and, and by nobody, I'm talking, not obviously, everybody out there, but nobody, but our circle our, our circle, we were 
independently making our picks, and we all picked the Cardinals, and we all picked the Braves, and we all had good reasons for that. And we never, I mean, it wasn't that we were shooing off the Phillies like they don't deserve to be here or anything like that. It's, no, this team, the Cardinals team, this Braves team, they do this, this, and this better, and that's why they'll win. But they didn't, and the Phillies did, and the Phillies are putting those things together. They are having great pitching performances. They are, their bullpen is holding it together. And that's why, and then that lineup right there, that one through five, and I don't want to take anything away from Bob and Segura, guys like that, but that one through five of that Phillies lineup, it's that is where, the, to answer your question, that team of destiny stuff, I can see that, that five, those five right there are putting themselves in a position where, as a starting pitcher, you're not looking forward to getting through that part of the lineup. Hey, wait a minute. Hear me out here. The Padres are the Brayvon Diggs of baseball teams. You guys know where I'm going with this? I like because you're talking about running into the crooked innings, and the way that you were talking about it reminded me of the way that we talk about turnovers in the NFL, where you get some defense or some guy looks like he is magnificent because he's getting a lot of turnovers, which we all say are largely luck-based. But, of course, then what's the knock on Diggs? Well, yeah, he's getting so many turnovers because he gets targeted so much, right? The last year, everybody sure. thought this guy was something incredible. So that's where I'm at with the Padres right now, right? Like, you run into those crooked innings. Like, you get lucky. Can you keep getting lucky? Like, how much of that is skill-based? And how much of that is – you guys are not following my analogy at all. But, no, I am. Oh, I am. No, 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 I am. And it's happening right now. Game two, game, game two is finishing up. A five-run bottom of the fifth. That is that fourth quarter. You know, the ball is driving down the field. He's about to get beat to lose it. The quarterback doesn't put it where it's supposed to be. And Diggs is where he's supposed to be, but gets his five-run inning. He gets the pick that wins the game. Yes. Because this, this Padres team, there are times, and, and it's coming. And you could say in game one. Game one, I, I, it was almost as soon as Darvish gave up that first solo home run, it was over. But the Padres' offense was non-existent in game one. Like, there was one run is all the Phillies needed. It ended up being two. I know they made that push there in the ninth inning, but, I mean, one inning. You have one inning that you did something. No, no. I, I, I followed along. I agree with you. Uh, this, this, <laughs> it's the fun side of the bracket. It really is. Uh, Samantha, anything else you want to say on the NLCS? Before we get over to the ugh, side of the bracket? No. No? Irby, how about you? Hopefully it just keeps being fun. Uh, yeah. Well, I, I guess I, 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 I want to hang my head on the fact that you know the Astros have been sitting for a couple of days and the Yankees haven't. But that's Samantha. That's as far as I can go. I mean, I like this is one of those series. Is like you know, your head. You just throw it out the window. The matchups you think, you know, Verlander versus so and so, Garrett Cole versus so and so. Like, like you just kind of throw it out the window when you, when you talk about these two teams. Now you, you look at the regular season. The the Astros handled the Yankees very well, but. Then we get into postseason baseball. And, and we, with the division series, you know, the Mariners handled the, the Astros pretty well during the regular season just to have that turned around on their heads. And I, I guess what I'm wondering here is, 
do you have a confidence in either of these teams winning the ALCS? Like, like, I, do you have a definitive favorite between these two? Unfortunately, yes. Um, it's I don't know. It's the we're all rooting for the asteroid, right? Um, but yeah, like this is the scenario where you're just like, I hope a sinkhole opens up. But I look, we're gonna. We'd rather it was the Yankees, right? I mean, you hold your nose and you say you'd rather it's the Yankees, but I don't think that's the yeah. case. I mean, we talked ahead of time about how we didn't like this matchup, how, if anything, we thought the Guardians were better equipped to go up against Houston, and I'm not sure any of us were all that confident in that either, but we certainly liked that matchup better than the Yankees, who theoretically should have not had trouble with the Guardians, and then they had a miserable time with them and almost got themselves knocked out. They don't match up well with what Houston does. Like, I mean, Houston has been eating people's bullpens alive. Oh, you pointed this out at some point. Yeah, they have. Talking about this, which is why we thought, well, and you'd rather see Cleveland, right? Even though they can't hit, you'd rather see Cleveland because that's where you see the strong bullpen. Right. Also, Cleveland acquitted themselves relatively well against Houston in the regular season. So I don't know why anyone had any faith in Seattle. That's baffling to me that Seattle just can't do anything right in the postseason. Um, but it's, I don't know, like, I I want to create a scenario where I think New York beats Houston, and I'm not saying it's impossible, but I don't love it. I, I don't love the fact that Houston has four starters who I would want to see ahead of, realistically, maybe the second starter for <laughs> the Yankees. It's pretty bleak, you know? I mean, I... James and Tyon in game one, and Verlander was terrible in his first start, so, you know, perhaps that will be useful, but I don't like this matchup at all for the Yankees, unfortunately. Irby, how about you? Do you have a favorite in this series? And, and again, by favorite, I mean the one you think is going to win, not your own personal favorite team. Oh, okay, because I was the year to say favorite. I was going, I'm cheering for the umpires. But this is this is chalk. I mean, this is what this is. Whether you know, we we talked about it. We we analyzed this throughout. But you you got chalk in the end. One seed, the two seed. It happens. This happens in football's playoffs. This happens in March Madness. That sometimes you get one in the two seed, and that's what we have here. And so, take out the the emotion of it. We should get. Some really good baseball games. I don't know. I, I you know, Samantha make a great point about the, the pitching. Normally, in a situation like this with Italian versus Verlander, this is one where, boy, if the Yankees can, can snatch this one away and, and get a win against Verlander, you're like, wow, you really flipped the script here. But because that's not the end of the pitching matchups that Houston throws out there, it's not that easy. So, I, this one, I, I mean, it's. I, I other I don't know what to say other than we, we got shock and you know a ninety nine win team versus a hundred and six win team. It's really a matter of which one comes out and proves it. And that that's who's gonna win this. And I I don't wanna sound down on it, but I'm down on it. This is not what I wanted, it's not what any of us wanted, but sure as hell not sharing for Houston. Yeah. It's 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 obviously not what any of us wanted because I mean it's it's kind of like taking the lesser of the two evils, um, and of course I'm going to be pulling for the Yankees because they didn't cheat 
a couple years ago. Um, and I've still not sold that these assholes aren't cheating now, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but I will say this. Um, you know, Samantha, you, you brought up, you know, conversations we had um, off the air. You know, this is, you know, conversations in between recording episodes where I pointed out the bullpens. And, you know, that's what the Astros did do uh, against Seattle. They took advantage of the bullpen in Seattle. In fact, the only game uh, that Seattle's bullpen really held it together was the 18-inning game that they lost. Uh, However, you know, and and as much as I would have preferred uh, the Guardians' bullpen in this series... I will say this: the Astro, or excuse me, the Yankees are the probably the one team in the American League playoffs from the very beginning that, if the offense gets hot, it gets hot enough, can carry them past their pitching problems. It's it's an offense that can put up a lot of runs very quickly if Stanton is hitting, if Judge is hitting, if if if, if this team is is clicking. Offensively, they can make up that difference between you know between their pitching staff and Houston's pitching staff, be it early in the game or late in the game. Uh, whether or not they do that, obviously we're about to find out. But I think that really is an X factor that needs to be talked about. I hope so, but I was really unimpressed with their offense against the Guardians pitching. I mean, the, where they really were able to to look good was against you know, essentially Terry Francona making an error in starting Aaron Savali and then leaving him out there for a fourth batter after he hit the three batter minimum when we all knew he didn't have it. And that's the best offensive showing that we've seen out of New York yet. So, I mean, the other games that they won against Cleveland were more like chipping away or a single mistake. So I I don't feel great about that. Um, I, I also don't feel great about the fact that Houston doesn't quit. I mean, this is the one nice thing I will say about them. Yeah. They don't quit. Mm-hmm. Most of these complacent, you know, the complaints that we've had about the Yankees, about the Braves, about the Dodgers, that they, they look flat because they're arrogant and they expect to win. Houston is just as arrogant as the rest of those teams, but they don't quit. This is the one time you'll hear me say something nice about the trash cans. They don't give up. And that is the end of me complimenting Houston. I would but, hope so. Yeah, I just have... Well, yeah, I mean, look, what does this come down to, right? Like, have you ever met a nice Yankee fan? Absolutely. Have you ever met a nice Houston fan? No, you have not. So I know they both have, like, devil oh. fans, but, like, I can quantify a number of Yankee fans who are fine, and I have never met a Houston fan. Um, also, the Yankees didn't cheat, so, like, really just comes down to that. Um, exactly. Thank you. So that's probably the only thing that matters in the end, that and, you know, 100% devil fans is different than, like, 50% devil fans. Um, these these are the choices now, guys. These are the choices. But, yeah, I mean, I New York has an incredibly talented offense that has really not shown up so far. So maybe maybe the hope is that they're due. I mean, maybe that's how you look at it, that's right? Like they, at weren't, it. they weren't offensively impressive at all in their first series. They didn't look offensively impressive at the end of the regular season. But we know they got it in them. So maybe that's the way we look at this. Is like, hey, these guys are due. So that's, and, uh, I mean, no, I, no, that's the best I can do. I mean, I mean, honestly, though, no joke. Like that's how I'm looking at it. Because, Irby, how else am I going to look at this? Because you, you guys have both said this, and, and it's absolutely correct that the Astros have the advantage in pitching. Really, the only advantage the Yankees have over the trash cans is their offense. That's it. So, 
I'm holding out hope that this offense has four wins in it because I don't know if the pitching staff does. No, that's a great point uh, of what New York has to do. And, and <laughs> we, like you said, we only saw it once against Cleveland, and maybe that's where you're stepping forward. But this is where I look at guys. I mean, one, Judge, you want to be considered the MVP? Okay, earn it right now. I don't care about pushing for the triple crown, leading an RBI, 62 home, uh, all the home runs. I don't care. Right now. Right now. You know, stop striking out. Start putting the ball in play. Um, good start for the day that he's not. I mean, I know he's over 2 early on in game one with a couple ground ups, but at least you're putting the ball in play and not swinging for the fences at the game. You know, start doing it. This, but this is a series where the offense, what you said, Bob, how I see it happening is it's these veterans. It's the Carpenters who's DHing. Yeah. Yes. It's the Rizzo, Anthony Rizzo. It's guys like that who are going to make the difference, who are going to be that X factor that does it. You know, I mean, Harrison Bader, I said earlier with the home runs, things like that. I, I don't, I know Josh Donaldson is there, but I have almost no confidence. In after, after what I just saw from Donaldson, <laughs> I, don't, I, I, I don't disagree. Wow. Yeah, so it's, it's going to be guys like Rizzo who make the difference and, and, and are that, you know, the, 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 the little bit of a walk here, a move a runner over here, stuff like that, that set up the judges. I know that, you know, Rizzo's after judge, but it's, that, it's little things like that. And that's what the Yankees have got to do. You can't sit there and hope like the Padres and, and play for the crooked innings because you can do them and they will get them. The problem is, is the Houston offense can put a crooked inning up just as quickly. So New York has got to find a way to string hits together, to move runners from first to third, things like that. You do that, and you can flip the script because of how this is set up. When we talk about the Italian versus Verlander here, if you can steal that win against Verlander and you've got Garrett Cole, again, Cole's going to be going against a decent pitcher, but still, you've put yourself in a situation where, okay, you're starting to stack the deck in your favor. But... Um, it, it, it's tough because I, I, I say that's like they're this huge underdog, like it's the Padres against the Dodgers, something like that. You know, that's not the case. This is a good New York team. It's a 99-win team. There's a reason for that. You know, that was a very, very competitive division. And, and that's something that hopefully New York can, can find something from there is that you were in a competitive division, whereas Houston had Seattle to worry about. Yeah, that's a good point. And, and – after what you just watched, <laughs> let that sink in. They had Seattle to worry about, whereas New York, it was all five teams. I know Boston kind of faltered at the end, but it really was all five teams throughout the year. I know what's interesting about this. Real quick, final thoughts on this before we get into uh, into this upcoming week in the NFL. But, you know, final thoughts here. Uh, Samantha, what, what, probably until, what, June – I would say uh, mid-June, maybe even July, like the talk of baseball was the Yankee pitching. It wasn't the Yankee offense, it was the Yankee pitching, and then they hit their slide around the All-Star break and, and kind of limped. As, as, as much as you hate to say it you know, for a team that, that was able to clinch well before the playoffs started, they still felt like they limped into the playoffs because all of a sudden everything wasn't clicking the way it was the first handful of months of the season. Yeah, I mean, I don't remember 
being impressed by the Yankee pitching at any point this season. Um, I remember being impressed by how many games the Yankees were winning, but I, I don't, the pitching staff has been a problem. And I think we identified that at the beginning of the season and I don't really think that changed. Um, so I, that's probably not it, at least not for me. Um, but certainly they look like a better team, but also, Anytime that happens, it's very rare to see a team play through 700 baseball for an entire season. So get off to a hot start like that. I mean, not as bad as like the Mets, you know, where they like tried to play their way out of the postseason. (laughs) And and then because they couldn't play their way out of the postseason, they just said, okay, well, we'll just go really quick in the first round. Then it's cool. We'll leave this way. Um, You know, but the Yankees, I mean, as much as you can say someone lived into the postseason when you're over 600 at the end and you don't look the way the Mets looked. Sure. But I, I don't know that we realistically expected them to keep that up. I mean, there was a lot of absurd narratives as there often are with teams like this every sure. year, every single year before the season starts, somebody's like, the Dodgers are going to win 120 games this year. And people are like, smash the over, which just makes me roll my eyes because it is so ridiculous and it's never true. So that's, I guess, how I felt about that. I thought New York was a very good team. I did not expect them to keep up what they were doing. Irby, how about you? Final thoughts here before we get to the NFL. I New York. I mean, it, it, this is this is it. Like you, the Judge going and getting, you know getting Rizzo, Stanton, all these things, Cole, whatever you want, all all these steps. It, it's time to put it. You know, put put it on paper, like or off the pick. Sorry, take it off paper and put it on the field. You know, because this is a Houston team that has owned you, and, and that might make a couple people sit, but they have. Twenty seventeen, twenty nineteen, you couldn't get it done. So now get it done. You know, I, I, I the payroll, the the history, all these things you want to do. I just wrap it all up together in a burrito, deep fry it for me. Get it done. Just just get it done. Whether it's for good, for evil, I don't care anymore. Just shut up and get it done. Oh, you know, okay. Uh, you kind of keyed on something there. That I just want to see. Uh, Smith, help me out here. Uh, it was Josh Naylor that did the, the, the baby thing, right, in game four? Yeah, the baby okay. rocking. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, you know, the Yankees were so upset about that. And they, they, they called Game mm-hmm. 5 revenge. Okay, how, how, how about you treat this ALCS as revenge for what happened to you in 2017? How about we channel the same energy for over a guy doing a gesture running from first to second, which is nowhere near as bad as what these trash cans did in 2017. How about we channel that energy here? And let's see, okay, this is why everybody hates the Yankees and why everybody hates Yankee fans, because they get really, really hung up on stupid shit like this. Like, they were throwing trash at Indians outfielders. Excuse me, Guardians outfielders. It's been a long 24 hours for me as a Guardians fan, as you can imagine. (laughs) They were throwing garbage at their players and taunting an injured player. And then this guy comes up and rocks the baby as a home run celebration and they want to cry about disrespectfulness. Like, they get so upset about stuff like this. Everybody remembers the midges, right, when they thought that we had trained an army of bugs to deliberately attack only their players. (laughs) Right, yeah. This is like, they have a very, very weird take on everybody's out to get us. 
And the one thing that you could fixate on like that that would be true is, hey, those guys cheated. You were one of the teams that got done out of it that year. Cleveland, yep. New York, Oakland, the Dodgers. Those are the big ones, right? So you have opportunity to get your, like, ridiculous, like, we have been wronged, we need revenge thing going here. Like, this would be the appropriate use of that. So, like, can we finally channel the, like, wounded arrogance of the Yankees into something productive, please? Like, this would be the proper place to put it. Put it here. Like, you, they screwed you, too. Like, you were part of that. You were one of the teams that got screwed over by the Astros cheating. So for once in your life, correctly identify a real problem, real disrespect of you and the sport, and act appropriately. Please. Yes. Yankees. <laughs> yes. I, like the sheer number of Yankee players that have talked about game five as being the revenge of the baby game. Uh, <laughs> grow up. Grow, grow up. up. First of all. <laughs> First of all, oh yeah, yeah, exactly. God. Grow up, like, like I didn't. What I, a bunch of babies. The Irby, the Brit- literal babies. That's why you were called babies. <laughs> Irby, freaking baby. I was more offended by the Brett Boone bat flip than I was yes. the baby. Yes. Grow up. Oh my god. Stop crying. <laughs> yeah, if you're looking for something that that was that seemed like an odd like that that's like you're trying to find the spark. It's like okay, if that's the spark you're trying to find, then. I, I game three in New York, you know, we better have a 45 minute delay because you're throwing stuff at after effect. Like you're throwing trash cans on the field. <laughs> but on, honestly, if you're that upset about a baby rock, then I want to see three dozen trash cans on the field when the Astros are being announced before the game. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Not just booing. You boo everybody. You boo Aaron judge. You boo your own players. So <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to need to see some like significant activity here. Like, you know, by, by the way, when the World Series is done and the, and the champion is crowned, I'm looking forward to having conversations about how Aaron Judge maybe should find a different home if they're booing him after setting the American League record for home runs. And because, you know, he went he, he had a couple of hitless and bats in the playoff series. Like, like what the what hell is, is that? What do you I mean, like, listen, to, we all know what Joey Gallo said. Again, this is the, everybody wants to play here, and yet all of these people leave the Yankees that are like, I don't like, it was terrible there. And this is why. Like, Aaron Judge has been amazing. And he's like, he's done nothing objectionable, like, as a human. Like, he's fine, and he's really good. And he's like a good sport. He's a team player. He did everything. He broke the freaking American League home run record. And you guys are like, you struck out twice. You're dead to me. I'll boo you. And it's not like the humorous boo of Philly where, ha ha, we boo everybody. It's like, no, these people were legitimately angry at Aaron Judge. And I was like, if I was that guy, I'd be like, take a hike, man. I'm going somewhere else. I'm going literally anywhere (laughs) else. (laughs) No joke. I'll take the fans that threw snowballs at Santa Claus over that. I really will. I, those people at least have a sense of humor. Look at what happened yes. with Alec Bo. Like they all like, oh ha ha! It's all in good fun. We're good. He, <laughs> the, you know, it, that is a totally different breed than what we're no, seeing they, here. And that's the fun part. Like, if they are fun, like, like I, I talked yeah. about, I talked about my butt my, about my buddy at the cigar bar who. <laughs> Was really upset that I didn't take his Phillies. Uh, when they advanced to the NLCS, I got this fun little gift response. It was it was a it was a Philly fanatic. I'm like, 
That's well played. That's that's very well played. He's a funny dude. They're a fun fan base. And say what you will, but booing a guy that hit 62 home runs during the regular season on, on the way, helping your team win a division championship and putting you in the ALCS, I'm sorry. Uh, I've got problems. <laughs> It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Like, no, you're not, like, having a good time. Like, we we love Philly fans. I think Philly fans are are tremendous. And I love, actually, the way that they interact with their players and the way that the the fans of the players kind of work things out between themselves. But this was just ridiculous. (laughs) Poor Aaron Judge. Like, what's a guy got to do to not get booed by his own fans? Like, I don't know, break the home run record for the team apparently not that wasn't enough that wasn't it no, that wasn't that wasn't enough oh boy Irby, anything, anything on this before we go we got to go to the nfl but anything on this before we do that uh yeah you guys just got me thinking of aaron judge and other places wondering what would he do with his hair like like i feel like aaron judge is like a patrick mahomes type hairstyle he plays somewhere else <laughs> maybe out. maybe Think he does a goatee? Is he one of those guys, or is it the uh, like the pistol mustache? You know, the old West style, with like with the curly. No, okay. No, because he could do the mustache now, and Matt Carpenter's proving that he could do the mustache. I don't oh, think Aaron good, Judge is a full blown beard. Right? Yeah. I don't. I don't think he's a beard guy. I've got him with the hair. I don't, and I don't see him as an Odell Beckham type hairstyle. But but a Patrick Mahomes, I can see a Patrick Mahomes. He, he's um, nice. and I'm not. He's not McCullers, totally against though, right? him doing the full-blown Johnny Damon and just go caveman. I'm not, I'm not against that. He's, he's not going to go mullet, right? I, I would hope not. I, 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 I could see it, but I don't want to see it. Him doing the mullet? No? Okay. All right. <laughs> Let's move to the NFL. Man, we got, we went down a rabbit hole there with the ALCS guys, and I'm really I'm glad we did that because that series is such a... Oh, God, it could be such a downer, but I, th- I think we did well with that. All right, let's talk NFL, Samantha. There's really only one game uh, on the slate this week uh, that we want to talk about. We're going we're to have some fun uh, with, with another aspect of this. But first, let's talk about this one matchup. Chiefs, 49ers. Chiefs obviously coming off of their loss to the Bills. The 49ers are starting to establish themselves in the NFC West. So let's talk about one matchup I th- that I think could end up being the difference maker here. Let's talk about Kelsey versus that 49ers secondary. What are you expecting here from the 49ers? Well, what I'm hoping, this isn't so much an expectation as a hope. I mean, the 49ers embarrassed themselves a week ago. <laughs> so they need to come back from that. And if that's what Atlanta does to you, then I shudder to think what will happen to you when you run into the Kansas City offense. Now, as far as Kelsey goes, it depends on the situation, whether we're really talking about the linebackers or the secondary. Um, I will say this. I think San Francisco's defense is incredibly well-equipped to handle the Chiefs' offense in general. I am not sure I think they are particularly well-equipped to handle Travis Kelsey, which is a problem considering that what the Chiefs have been doing, and we'll throw out last week because they went up against Buffalo, and that's you know the toughest customer you're going to run into, and say that the Chiefs are doing this thing where, you know, Travis Kelsey winds up with, like, I don't know, 30 yards and, like, four touchdowns. So until, I mean, 
we we probably need to talk about the 49ers at the goal line and the way you defend sort of that fade into the corner of the end zone because that's what this is going to be, right, with Kelsey. So they're good at slowing down an up-tempo offense. So that's helpful, um, certainly. And, you know, when you flip it around, I don't love the Kansas City defense, which is a whole other conversation. But, but yeah, I mean, I think that this is a good opportunity to show that you can take like a, I don't play chess. I, I think it's the queen. Is that the biggest piece in chess? Yes. The queen? That's no. a good one, right? Yeah, that's okay, a good one. I don't know anything about, I don't know anything about I don't, that. I don't, um, I don't know but, much, but I know the queen is the most important piece. That's all I know. Okay, well, thank chess. you. No more than I do. So thank you. That was helpful. Um, so take the queen off the board, right? Like that's how you win a chess match, right? You take the queen off the board. So that's what the 49ers defense is going to have to do here. I guess that would really be Patrick Mahomes, then, wouldn't it? But um, it would be tough to take that out. But we'll, we'll say it's Kelsey here for the sake of conversation. I, 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 maybe in this case, Patrick Mahomes is the king. And Kelsey's, you know, I, I, I can't go down that road without laughing. Irby, how about I know, you? I know, but we have to stop. We don't know enough about that. Now we've got a really, now, really weird royal marriage yeah, going on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Now, now I've made Kelsey a queen. Uh, Irby, what are your thoughts well, my thoughts are not related to chess, so I'll help you guys, <laughs> but we'll come off of that. Well done. Well done. Um, boy, I <laughs> doubled down on what Samantha said. Uh, a few days ago, feeling pretty good about the Niners' defense um, and the pace of the offense to go against Kansas City and hold them in a low-scoring game and, and winning a game like that. But, yeah, you went into Atlanta, and it was ugly, and it was real ugly. And, and, and I know that there were injury concerns, but I this is the NFL, boo-hoo, cry me a river. Like, I, I can't with that anymore of injuries. And I go, oh, no, but this, this, this. And, okay, I hear you, blah, I don't care. Everybody deals with injuries. Everybody I know it was a lot. If, you know, at, at one point, what is it, the, the Niners right now, 11 of the 22 starters at the beginning of the year are out. Um, so, yeah, that sucks. Move on. Like, there's, there's nothing you can do. The fortunate thing is the division you're in, <laughs> um, especially with Seattle beating Arizona. Uh, I know the Rams won, but, yeah, 3-3, three and three, you're still tied for the lead in the division. So it's even even here, if this doesn't turn well, you fall to 3-4. and four. The worst thing is you're a game behind. So that's the worst thing that can happen here. San Francisco's got to get healthy, um, but the division's still there. As in this game alone, I don't know what you do with Travis Field. I don't know. You can, can Nick Bosa learn how to cover somebody in a, in a five-day span, and do you have him on Kelsey? I, I, it's a tough decision to make, um, and it's one that they've got to figure out because Kansas City is th – th it's different in years past. When, when you had Tyree Kill, it's like, all right, well, you shut down Kelsey and you let Tyree beat you. Here, here's the situation where the, the 49er secondary in single coverage with a little bit of help, I feel pretty good about Michael Hardman and Juju Smith-Schuster. So you really do have to find a way to slow the running game down and stop Kelsey. And if you do that, things are going to be good. But it's, it's going to the running game. It's using the offense to be on the field, to run the clock down, limiting the number of possessions that Kansas City has. That's what San Francisco ultimately is going to have to do. And I, I, it, it's, you're not going to stop Kelsey. You're just got to limit him. You know? and, and fortunately, the Raiders set that bar. Just keep him under four touchdowns, and things get pretty good. <laughs> 
I mean, I mean, to your point, like I, I think any NFL linebacker that has some speed uh, can cover your average tight end, but this is Kelsey, and so no, you can't, you can't coach up Bosa to cover Kelsey in 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 the span of week to week. Like, like you can't do that. Uh, one thing, Samantha, that's fine. Then bring back Patrick Willis for a week. Wait, have we? Is Bosa average now? I don't know if I think that's fair. No, 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 no. It's a average tight end. I, I, I'm not saying like Bosa's an average. Oh, linebacker. I'm sorry. I thought you were saying average. No, of course not. Like, Wait, oh, what? God, whoa, no. whoa, there. Okay, <laughs> uh, no, yeah. uh, no. For, first yeah, of all, no. I'm sorry. I didn't hear that part. Of it. No, you're first, that's fair. That's that's very fair. First of all, I like, I, I like my job as a podcast host, and so no, yeah, I would I never like, say that. <laughs> no. I didn't actually think you meant that. I just thought that was what you said. No, to <laughs> clarify, Bosa, okay. Bosa can cover an average tight end, no problem, but this is Kelsey. Uh, okay, thank you. Yes, that, thank you. Sorry, that, that was me. That does make sense. Carry on. Uh, um. No, clearly we needed to clean that up. Okay. <laughs> but here's what's crazy, though, Samantha, because if you look at the NFC, obviously right now the Eagles are on top of the conference. And I'm still, even after even after Sunday night, I'm still not fully buying. Like, they're good, and they show that they're a good football team. Um, I'm still not quite sold on them being the top of the NFC because guess what? There's nobody really on top of the NFC. It's very much a week-to-week-to-week proposition. So I'm I'm saying this because I'm framing this next question in terms of the the wild, wild west that is the NFC and how anyone, anyone could really come out of this thing outside of the Lions. Anyone could come out of this conference. (laughs) Is this potentially a Super Bowl matchup between the Chiefs and the 49ers? Probably also not the Commanders. Um, also true. Yeah. <laughs> also not the commander. Um, I don't know. Wentz is out for a while, so they may have a shot to win a few games. Oh, you were, well, that's true. With Tyler Taylor Heineke, all things are possible, right? Irby, you called that. You said they were coming back with the Taylor Heineke train, so we're all excited about that. Um, but yeah, this is. I mean, I guess it's possible. Um, I doubt it, quite frankly. But I think my skepticism is more about Kansas City. Um, I, I don't mm-hmm. think they're going to wind up being the AFC representative, but they could be. They could be. They are certainly one of the best teams in the AFC. I just don't think they're the best team in the AFC. But we got a long way to go before we get to a Super Bowl matchup. So, yeah, potentially it's possible. And especially, I think, to your point, the NFC end of this, could it be the 49ers? Sure. Sure. I mean, who else is it going to be? Like, this division was supposed to be so good, and it's like a dumpster. Like, I mean, the Seahawks. Yeah, the Geno Smith led Seahawks, and, yeah. is, and I'm, for the record, impressed with what they're doing. So, like, you know, I all the credit in the world to both Pete Carroll and Geno Smith for their revenge tour. Fantastic stuff. But we all know they're not really a very good team, right? They're just symptomatic. Of, they've done a great job of being better than anybody thought and taking advantage of the fact that their division is garbage. Like the Rams are kind of garbagey. The Cardinals are definitely garbagey. So that leaves the 49ers, right? Because we all know the Seahawks aren't going to keep this up. So when you look across the NFC, it's like, okay, so Philly and Dallas are teams I think you need to keep an eye on. Absolutely. But Tampa looks not great. The North is collectively awful. So who's that week? I mean, right now I think we're looking at 49ers, Cowboys, Eagles. 
and let's call them the Phillies. Um, <laughs> and I'm not super impressed by any of them. So who's to say it's not the 49ers that ultimately end up? Those are the three that I think have a shot. And, you know, I will echo what you said, Bo, is that what the Eagles have been outstanding. And, and I, I'm really impressed with what they've been able to do. But they don't look anything like what we see out of the Bills. Or the yes, Chiefs, that's a, even, thank you. That's you know, a good like point, they yes. Just, they look like they're doing everything right and they're taking care of business. But they don't have that, like, wow thing, that explosive element. Like what we see the Bills capable, what the Chiefs are capable of on a good day. Heck, what the 49ers defense is capable of on a good day. I don't see that out of the Eagles. So I, And now we're having a conversation about the Eagles because that's just this show is just going that way, right? Uh, we're, we're struggling tonight, this, guys. Just no, stay on topic. That's okay. But, this is why um, this show is fun. Right here. This but, is why. Anyway, yeah, it's, we're chaos goblins. We just embrace the chaos here. But to bring it back to your original point before I talked myself into 17 other corners... Why not the 49ers? Why not? <laughs> you know, and, you know, Samantha, I, w- I would like to point out, like, like when, I, when I say that I'm not buying the Eagles, I'm not buying any of these NFC teams. I'm not buying the Cowboys. No. No. I'm not buying the 49ers. It, it, so, so it's not really, it's not a slam on the Eagles, and it's not, it's not I, I don't mean that critical of what the Eagles have been doing. I'm just not buying anything from the NFC right now. And I, I think you made the perfect point right there that even the Eagles who are sitting at 6-0 and on top of the NFC, they are nowhere near the Bills. They're, I don't think they're near, actually nowhere near the Chiefs either. They're, they're, there's, there are AFC teams that would beat these NFC top dogs. Uh, and I'm also... on. on <laughs> On the other side of that, I am judging all the teams that lost to Cooper Rush, including the Bengals and the Rams. Irby, how about you? Any thoughts here? Always. Always thoughts. Um, 17 different corners. I like that. Let's see if we can figure out all that. Look, I clarify the point y'all are making, and it's a, it's a great point of not buying. Like, the NFC obviously will have a representative in the Super Bowl, and we really don't know who it is. We, we, we see what's on the field, and we see records, and you see playoff you know, hopes starting to look good in Philly, New York, Dallas, Minnesota, things like that. It's looking good, but there's still you know, double-digit games left to play before we get there. Um, by, but not buying? No, I'm with you guys completely, because not buying is in a conversation of, winning the Super Bowl because that's the end product. That's all that really matters. And what we're seeing in the NFC is not going to win a Super Bowl against Buffalo is not going to win a Super Bowl against Kansas city from what we see from what's over there. But two years ago is such a great example. We had a Tampa Bay team that we weren't really sure what, what, what there was and they made the adjustments and they developed and they, they gelled well. And then they were virtually unstoppable. And then the end, they were unstoppable and it won them a Super Bowl. To answer that question of this San Francisco Super Bowl team, yes, this is a team. This is a coaching staff. This is a core team that can gel that quickly, and they've done that before. Heck, they did it last year. The 49ers looked like crap the first month and a half, first six weeks of the season last year. They looked worse than this. Yes, I know that they just lost to Atlanta, but they looked worse than this, and they, they were, what, a few plays away from the Super Bowl. So it's a 49 team who's done that. This is not <laughs> uncharted waters. The, the same quarterback, the similar weapons, um, you know, a better secondary than that team last year. 
and they've done this before. And the competition there to beat them, to hold them back, no, it doesn't scare you when you look at teams like Minnesota and Tampa Bay, what you see right now. Uh, or New York. I mean, you imagine the Niners going into New York. Yeah, you feel good about the San Francisco defense. But So, yeah, it's a team that absolutely, and I think this is a great matchup of seeing where these two teams are, and we got to see a little bit with Kansas City, and then this is a big step for the 49ers at home to make that step forward of, yeah, 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 that was a fluke. It was an injury issue. We all have those games. Everybody has those games. But now can you right the ship? Now can you get back on track? And a home win against Kansas City definitely boosts the confidence of the 49ers team of, okay, okay, our division, let's get healthy, let's continue to gel, and let's make this our NFC. All right, let's pick this one. Chiefs 49ers, Samantha, who do you have? Chiefs. I don't like this matchup for San Francisco at all. I'm very sold on the 49ers and just not sold on them in this particular matchup. Sure. Irby, I I am going to – I'm going to do something for you here, okay, because everyone in our audience that's been around long enough knows you're a big 49ers guy. So I'm going to relinquish you of any possible jinx, okay? I'm going to give you the power to make a pick here that could even be a fan a fan pick without jinxing your team, okay? I'm absorbing, like the guy from the Green Mile, I'm absorbing the jinx. Who do you have here? First of all, I like the idea of thinking that I'm Tom Hanks, so I appreciate that. Thank you for that. Um, love that. Um, and, and, and I appreciate the offer <laughs> and everything, uh, but I, I'm going to also take Kansas City. Just where these two teams are right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to bet against Kansas City to put enough points on the board to win this. San Francisco can win the game, but I don't see them doing it on Sunday. You know, I, I said this about the Bills earlier this season. I'm going to say the same thing about the Chiefs here. I don't think they lose back-to-back games. So, I don't think they lose again uh, here. I think the 49ers take this one. Okay, so let's have a little fun, shall we? I, uh, obviously, like you know, the schedule makers for the NFL really just didn't like this week, apparently. Uh, that was the only really cool matchup was Chiefs 49ers. So, how about this? We're going to do this, uh, Samantha. We are going to rank... The bye week teams, because it's a very interesting bye week. You've got the Eagles, you've got the Vikings, you've got the Bills, you've got the Rams. These are the bye week teams. So we've put them in order, and we're going to talk about them just for a brief second in order, even though we've already talked about the Eagles a little bit. That'll be short. Um, the ranking we came up with, and I, I don't think anything's changed because you know obviously we came up with this on Sunday, setting up our recording on Wednesday. Uh, Bills, Eagles, Vikings, Rams is how we ranked the bye week teams, and I don't think that's changed. So let's start with these Bills. What are you expecting coming out of the bye week here from them? Well, let's let's try to put all these together since this show is going to be seven hours long. Otherwise, so That's let's just point. kind of quickly talk <laughs> through the whole thing. So, yeah, I think what this is, is this is like, I mean, the whole point of this was that we felt like half the good teams were on by, right? And well, even though the Rams and the Vikings aren't good, really, the Rams certainly aren't good. But um, so this is like Bills one, and then dot 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 dot. You know, the Twitter joke. It's like number one, <laughs> Bills. Number eight. Eagles, number 37, Vikings, number right, 38. Yeah. 
That's what this is. So, like, should the Rams be better than the Vikings? Probably. Are they? No. Um, Buffalo is a country mile ahead of all three of them. And the Eagles are a big, big leap ahead of both the Rams and the Vikings. Yeah, that's that's true. That That, that is true. Um, I, 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 man, I just don't think the Eagles are that close to the Bills either. Uh, Irby, any thoughts here? Bills, Eagles, Vikings, Rams. Are they closer than 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 Samantha put out there for how far apart they are? Are they closer in your opinion? Or which one of these is the Jacksonville Jaguars for you, or the Carolina Panthers? Oh. I, I think that I think that's really the real question here. Which one of these is your step team this season? I, that's something I did in my 30s. I don't do that in my 40s. Oh, you just... So, no, hang on. No. No. No, I don't... You just... I'm a man. I'm 40. <laughs> he just turned 40, ladies and gentlemen. He just <laughs> turned 40. So you don't get to do that. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, if I'm a step team... I. There's the Bills, and then, yeah, I agree. There's the Bills, and then there's another conversation here happening. Um, no, the Bills have already been claimed. You can't have the Bills. The Bills no, I'm not taking – no, no. They're, I'm saying they're up there. Like, no, if, if I have to if I have to Jaguars or Panthers this, um, then I'll take the undefeated team in the Eagles here just because That's they're undefeated. That's not how that works. You can't step team the Eagles. Like, you, if you're going to step team somebody, it has to be the Vikings or the Rams. Yeah, thank That's you. cheating. Yeah, that's cheating. You're violating the rules. You cannot accept the Bills or the Eagles unless you're suggesting. Because no world. Hang on, unless you're suggesting that the Panthers from last year or the Jaguars from a couple of years ago are on the same level as the Bills and the Eagles now, you got to take the Vikings or the Rams. Oh, okay. I see. Oh, then I have no pick because it's not the Vikings or the Rams here. <laughs> okay, now you're the Texans. I, I, yeah, <laughs> no, it's the, the the Rams. Unfortunately, we saw enough in in their last few games of who these guys are going to be. And I know they beat Carolina, blah 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 blah. But it's the game against San Francisco and the game against Dallas. That's that was enough. The, I mean, I know they. It's hard. They have a loss to Buffalo when we started the season. Doesn't look great either. It is the first week, and it's hard to put too much in week one. But week. Four and five against San Francisco and Dallas. That was enough. You're not an offense. You're not a team that can compete with these guys. And Minnesota, well, I mean, Minnesota, it's easy. What conference do you play in? Okay. So, sure, go ahead, get your 13 wins, look great in the playoffs, lose in the first round. That's what the NFC North does. And it will happen again. See, you know, Samantha, if I were Irby, I would, I would step team the Vikings. Because look at the Packers right now. The Packers, to our glorious glee, yeah. look awful. I, like, right? Like, I, I, I don't want, want the Vikings. Like, I, but the Vikings <laughs> are a perfect... It's a, you just don't want to claim Kirk Cousins as part of your family. Even a step <laughs> That's what Can I claim the Vikings and not Kirk Cousins? <laughs> yes. I will. Okay, then I, then I will do that. I will take the Vikings, but not Kirk Cousins. <laughs> I mean, now I feel like we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and his family again. See, now Kirk Cousins isn't, like, Aaron Rodgers' own family doesn't want him. Somebody else's family doesn't want Kirk Cousins. I'm not sure who the loser is for that. Like, it's probably still Aaron Rodgers, but, like, yeah, I mean, I guess that you can claim 
the Vikings that you can unadopt Kirk Cousins because like this is so ridiculous that like why not? But I I don't know like I think that's a good step team. I think they fit the model sort of. Don't yeah. you? Well, like yeah, yeah. I mean, they fit the model. This and is they, similar they, to the Jaguars. Stuff. And they come they're they're perfect because they've got this stepson with the attitude in Kirk Cousins. <laughs> it's perfect. <laughs> is that what he is? Like I feel like he's the older unmarried uncle. Like I, isn't he like your the wife's your new? Would he be the new wife's brother? Who lives Maybe. in the basement of her parents? <laughs> That's her cousin. See, the I, weird uncle. I don't know. He always came across as the, the, the arrogant stepson with an attitude. I could be he, wrong. It is hard for me to think especially, that but Especially the, if you <laughs> run a wrong route. <laughs> we saw that on Sunday. Right. <laughs> Guy who lined up behind the guard a year ago. Right, is yelling at somebody for running the wrong route. Yes, this is see. This is all these things you guys are making great points of who he is. But you know what he's not? He's not the quarterback that leads you to some kind of glory, whatever he's going to be. This is the I I have one desire for Kirk. Um, It's is that he at least gets one more tie in his career. Is his current all-time record as though quarterback records matter? They don't matter, but this is one case that they do. He's 64, 60, and two. So really need him to get that third tie and and get a couple more losses on there. Would love for him to finish his career at a perfect 500 record with like three or four ties. That would be ideal. Oh boy. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's let's bring this back in. Let's. Yeah, let's get back on track here. So one final segment, Samantha, before we call it a night. Let's remember some trades. What do you have for us tonight? All right. I would have picked a shorter trade if I'd known how much trouble we were going to have keeping ourselves on topic. But alas, these things happen. Um, these are the best shows, the, though. You know that. That's <laughs> the way of things. Um, it's just this is the chaos goblin thing. It just happens sometimes. So, all right. Well, luckily, luckily, maybe this will help. Maybe this will help. This is a relatively recent trade. So perhaps that will help us go a little bit quicker on this. This comes to us from 2016 and it happened at the trade deadline. And one of the teams involved, and you're going to be so mad at me when I say this to you because this narrows down nothing, is the Oakland A's. <laughs> oh, great. That, that could be... The sellers. That, that, are they? <laughs> See? That, don't that, say I didn't give no. Don't say I never gave you anything. That could be that could be any any group of three years between 1996 and now. <laughs> like you're fixating on the wrong thing. They're absolutely the seller. <laughs> okay. <laughs> which which selling window is? But this? that doesn't mean they weren't above 500. <laughs> yeah, my point was more that you can't narrow down who the trade partner is because there were like 17 trade partners in any given year in which Oakland is the seller, which they always are. So, good luck. Oh, boy. What year is this again? 2016. 2016, I missed that. Okay, all right. 2016. Lord. All right, so this is after Josh Hamilton forgot how to catch a fly ball. Yeah, this is the, yeah, the, So that means they've already had their win, so they are definitely not definitely. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking through this, that this seems like an A's team that's pushing closer to the 100 loss than the one and done in the postseason. 
Yeah, this 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 was when the Astros started taking control of the West. So this this is when the A's probably had their first of a couple of trade offs that ended up in an actual fire sale. Yeah, it's definitely worrying me because I feel like there's going to be a handful of trades here at the trade deadline. But uh, all right, so sellers, is it? Are we are we looking for one team? Or are we looking for multiple teams here? We're just looking for one team here, multiple one players, team. but we're only looking at one trade partner. Okay, who do the A's have coming out of their last window at that time? That's the real question. I know this is the height of the Chris Davis, Marcus Simeon, Jed Lowry, right type offense. Um, I'm trying to none think of, of a couple. None of those. None of those people. Um, you, right, you're looking right, right. for a position player and a pitcher who are being sold here. I will give you that much, and none of them were mentioned just now. One of these. This, is, this is not. Is this is not the Sunny Gray trade, right? Or is no, it? that's later. Okay, that's later. Okay, okay. So this is before that. One of these people is still active, and the other one is not. Weirdly, it's the older one that's still active. That is a bow well for the younger one. Or it's somebody well, you know, he did all right. He separated. Old. But, yeah, that I would think more about that. Albert Pujols, the, the, never yeah, <laughs> Not Albert Pujols, who's the <laughs> second old, who is the second oldest person who is active in Major League Baseball right now. Okay, do we really it's, know he's second? He could easily be the oldest. Who, who are you talking about? All right, so our old guys. Oh, you mean Albert? Yeah, you mean Albert? (laughs) Yeah, we don't, we don't know. We we don't know. He's, I'm like ninety percent sure he's the oldest. Um, technically, this person is the same fake age as Albert Pujols. I mean, I think this person is telling the truth about their age. So they are the actual age that Albert claims to be. So technically, they're ten years younger than Albert, but they are probably the second oldest person because I don't think there's another one. Who's active? Who's this old? I'm just trying to narrow the field for you. It's the other old dude. Um, yeah, as old as Albert because nobody is. But did Matt Carpenter ever play for the A's? No, it's way older than Matt Carpenter. <laughs> way older. Oh man, okay. Matt Carpenter is like 35. <laughs> really? Because he this looks 40. Is... <laughs> the mustache. Um, of course it is. <laughs> oh, it's Rich Hill. It is Rich Hill. Good job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. God, how, how did I forget Rich Hill pitched for the A's? Because Rich Hill pitched for everybody at some point. Uh, yeah, yeah that's true. Just, he's still active. Um, I mean, technically. Yeah. Still <laughs> technically a member of the Boston Red Sox. So. Did they trade him to Tampa? Is that, how he, is that how he ended up there? Was he, was he a free agent when he signed with Tampa? Um, well, we'll go over this, but, um, 
Rich Hill's been like a thousand different places, and Tampa isn't even the most recent before Boston. So <laughs> okay, we'll go enough. over this. Um, okay. But yeah, Stick Mountain has been many places. Um, one of them was Tampa. He has been in Boston four times, so that's fun. Um, but okay, so who went with it? All right. So, oh, well, and where did he go? Where did he go? We, we haven't even established that. Hang yet. on. The Oakland A's traded Rich Hill. Well, let's, uh, let me, he's before you put this on bow, he, he, he said how many players are involved? Five. Five. Okay, I've got four. You've got four. I know, okay. yeah, because of, I, I, I know where Rich got traded. So I have the right. other team. And you know who Which, went with him, right? Yeah, once I got, the, I didn't know initially, yeah. but once you added, once they put the teams, like, yes, yes, yes. Great. And then you probably know who the two that are currently active in the majors that went to Oakland are, right? Because the other one's in the minors. So you, you know. Who okay. The, yeah, right? I know the two pitchers. Yeah. Um, I have no they're idea. All, who... They're all pitchers. But the other one is in oh, the okay. minors right now. So, yeah. So, you know who. Okay. All right. So, we've got this except for the dude who's yet to make his favorite league debut. I have, okay. I have so. one. I have one guess. This is the only guess I have because this is the only team that came to mind here. Okay. Okay. And, and again, I could very well be wrong. Is it the Cubs? No. Damn. It is not the Cubs. Did he pitch Although, for the Cubs? Rich, Rich Hill you got did the league pitch. right. Rich okay. Hill did pitch for the Cubs. He just, that was a very, very long time ago. Okay. That was in 2005 to 2008. Wow. He was on the Cubs. Okay. Uh, so, yes, he did pitch for the Cubs. Um, but this is, yeah, I mean, and you're, I know why you're thinking that because this is the year that the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah, that, that's why I was um, thinking. So, that of. does make sense to me. But look for a team that's coming on at this point, not the one that actually won it. Um, so it's a perennial winner and a perennial buyer, if that helps you. And it is a National League team. So think about where else Rich you've seen Rich Hill. Although I will put this out there, both Rich Hill and the other dude who went with him were rentals. So neither of them stayed with the team. They, these guys were there for about three months, and then they both moved on. Wow, that's I, I really thought Rich was oh, there no, longer. I'm sorry, you're right, you're right, you're right. I'm looking he, at I'm looking at another part of Rich Hill's lengthy history. Yes, Rich Hill did stay there. For three Dodgers. Years. For three years, yes. Yeah, which was he yeah. actually was he was a rental, but then he signed a contract extension. Was that so that's my fault. They were both rentals at the time when they got them. Rich Hill signs an extension, the other dude does not, and he goes somewhere else. It was the Dodgers. Yes. It's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He went to, for Dodgers to Tampa. That's right. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> well, Still in, no. In um, my head, he did. <laughs> yeah. Probably five or six stops in between there. Yeah. I, there may only have been one stop in between those two, actually. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, you know, Rich, Rich Hill's been a lot of places and done a lot of things. Um, did some very interesting things off the field. We'll, we'll get into that in a minute. Okay. So, Rich Hill. Um, all right, so who went with Rich Hill to the Dodgers from the A's? This is an outfielder, a right-handed outfielder. The Dodgers were looking for a right-handed bat with pop at the time, and this is who they landed on. Yeah. Any oh, well, against us, he he didn't get a lot of base hits, but he found a lot of home runs. You're thinking of him when he was when he was on Houston, right? When he was an Astro. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> or when he was an A. Oh, yeah. the Take your pick. Both top, yeah, it was that's the sandwich, the Dodger sandwich right there. It's A's, 
Dodgers for three months. That's four that's years in Oakland, three months with the Dodgers, and then four years in Houston. So. Oh, man. Okay. I should know this. Who hit, who hit a bunch of home runs against the Rangers while he was with Houston? I mean, that, that, that's a lot of players. Um. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that could, that could Rangers be... Rangers haven't made, have been rebuilding since this trade. <laughs> that could be any number of a few players. Uh, he's not active with the Astros now, right? Uh, no, he is... Actually, his most recent activity was a one-night-only appearance with the Savannah Bananas. Nice. So, okay. yeah, he's not active anywhere <laughs> um, in the majors. I, more on that in a minute. But um, he has spent time two places this year. One was in Mexico, and the other one was the Savannah Bananas for a night. Um, but he has, let's see, he has the same last name as a couple of other famous athletes. JJ, Lewis, and... Spelled differently. <laughs> yes. Pronounced the same though. Hmm. Same first name as the person who Irby mentioned earlier in this conversation. Well that was I a, don't really know. that was a long time ago. Um <laughs> So was this guy's inabilities. Hamilton. Mm -mm. I got nothing, guys. All right, Irby, tell him who it is. Oh, Bo, you're going to kick yourself. This this would be uh, one Josh Reddick. Oh, good lord. I forgot he played for Houston. Yeah. And you're right. Like, he, he, yeah, he, he, he only hit home runs. Like, everything else was an out. Damn it. Yeah, I should have right. well, that. So that's what the Dodgers got. And then three guys who were all prospects at the time go back to Oakland. Now, two of these have since graduated to the major leagues. Neither one of them is currently playing for Oakland. And the other one remains in the minor league, also not in Oakland's system. But two of these are the ones. Irby knows who they are. So we can do some hints here. Um, one of them was traded again this season to another contender, you know, Oakland. They, they brought him along. They developed him, and then they moved him. Um, and they're all right-handed pitchers. That helps you. And one of them is now a Yankee. And one of them is now a Giant. He was a, he was a Ranger for a... The, other, the one that's now a Giant was a Ranger. Yeah, was a Ranger the, a couple years ago. Or last year? Uh, yeah. Last year, yep. he was waived. He's a he's a fun story, and 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 we'll we can spill that name first. I actually got to uh, see him in a AAA game playing against the Round Rock Express, in which he was one out away from a perfect game. And before the 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 twenty six out, the Round Rock Express player, after getting he struck out looking very bush league. Uh, got himself ejected and took his sweet time getting off the field just to kind of rattle this pitcher. And it uh, did enough. But the worst the part is, is the next batter had a line drive to right center field. And th in a game, they're, they're winning by nine runs. Line drive to right center field. The right fielder did not dive for the ball. 
he might not have gotten it, but man, you got to lay out. And I was in the outfield with uh, my wife, kids, and some friends. And the re- last five minutes game, nothing but screaming at this right fielder about what you just did to him, and kind of got a couple dirty looks, but don't care. It's perfect game. You got to lay out. Got to lay out. All right. Help you, Bo? You mean give me the name? Not at all. Um, not even a little bit. You're- that story helped no one. Uh, <laughs> well, you're all dumber having heard it. <laughs> Did you have trouble following that? The right fielder is doing that. I'm like, where's he going with this? Like, oh, okay. Now I see where he's going. Um, it did take me a minute to get there. Um, but anyway, because unless you were at the game, um, I, w- I would imagine. No, where's my sound bite? help you. So. Um, <laughs> Okay. Anyway, so that we're not here for three more hours. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. so, I, I have no anyway, idea. One of them. One of them's on the Yankees. We don't know who that is. All right. Does anybody know who it is? Does anybody know Irby? Irby, why don't you tell them about who? A fun story. Gentlemen, <laughs> please don't tell a story again. Uh, <laughs> um. So the first, well, yeah, he was a. Relief pitcher for us last for the Rangers last year, uh, Jariel Cotton. Um, oh. Probably the definitely a high high prospect at the time, but yeah. kind of has struggled going from AAA to the majors. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right, and then who's the other one? Well, the other one would be the one that definitely panned out a whole lot better. Nice prospect or nice prize this year, uh, Frankie Montas. Yep. Very good. Very uh-huh. good. Okay, there's a third guy involved here, but I'm not going to make you get this one. Um, you know, Dodger fans, Oakland fans. Uh, you guys might know this one, but I don't think anybody else would because he is still in the minors. Um, he's no longer with Oakland. But um, Grant Holmes, also another right-handed pitching prospect. Interestingly, at the time of this trade, he would have been considered the best prospect of the package. Um, Frankie Montas had an active wow. injury at that time, which I, I think is probably worth mentioning. It's probably why he was not considered the biggest piece of this because he had that nagging rib injury. But um, interesting that both Montas and Cotton um, have been able to establish themselves. Montas, in particular, as uh, major leaguers, and Holmes, of course, still in the minors, hasn't gotten there yet. And I don't think this is an indication that he's never going to get there. But mm, interesting that he would have been considered the best of the lot at the time and is the only one not to make an appearance yet. So those are the guys. Um, quickly, Josh Reddick. Uh, remember the Red Sox originally played there until 2011, goes to Oakland for four years, Dodgers for three months, Houston for four years, Arizona very briefly in 2021, the Perth Heat in 2022 of the Australian Baseball League. Also had a brief stint in the Mexican League with the Acer, oh gosh, I have to do this again. Acereros de Monclova. Ugh, man, guys, these are rough. Um, I do not speak Spanish, and it shows. Um, and then he had his, of course, one night only appearance with the Savannah Bananas. So Josh Reddick, sort of still active in baseball, but not in professional major league baseball. Um, Rich Hill, good old 42-year-old Rich Hill, who is Still younger than Albert Pujols, you know, they say they're the same age, but older than everybody else in the world. Um, so Rich Hill, Dick Mountain, whatever you want to call him, 
uh, member of the Cubs from 2005 to 2008, Baltimore in 2009, Boston from 2010 to 2012, Cleveland in 2013, the Los Angeles Angels of California of Anaheim of Baja in 2014, also the Yankees in 2014, <laughs> Boston round two in 2015, um, Oakland. 2016, the Dodgers, there's that three-year stint with the Dodgers right there. He then goes to Minnesota in 2020. That's the one you missed, Bo. Then 2021 yeah. to mm -hmm. Tampa Bay. They snuck that in there. Also a member of the Mets in 2021, a uh, member of the Boston Red Sox in 2022, and is currently technically still a member of the Boston Red Sox. That would be his fourth stint with Boston. For those keeping track at home, um, if you only heard three, that's because he had a brief uh, time with them in the minors in 2014. Um, he also had minor league stints with Washington uh, and St. Louis, as well as a brief stint with the Long Island Ducks of the Atlantic League. So good old Rich still kicking. Um, he's, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe maybe he'll keep going like Fernando Rodney style, like like forever until he's like 50 or Bartolo. Maybe we'll call it Bartolo Colon style because we like that better. Right, we, we don't want to disrespect <laughs> Rich Hill by throwing him in with Fernando Rodney, who no one was. But, no. um, and, but good old Rich Hill, you know, like he's a good time guy. He got arrested at a Patriots game in 2019 while he was trying to prevent his wife from getting arrested because they were trying to take a giant bag into a Patriots game. And apparently they took exception to the fact that security informed them they were not allowed to take the giant bag into a Patriots game, and then they both went to jail. So that's a fun family story. This is the night mom and dad went to jail together after a Patriots game. So that's always fun. Rich Hill, NFL fan. Um, Frankie Montas, of course, uh, was with the Chicago White Sox originally. Uh, showed up briefly in 2015, uh, then ends up in the minors in, with the Dodgers, uh, then gets over to Oakland in 2017 to 2022, and was, of course, traded to the New York Yankees this year. Um, and, uh, Gerald Cotton, uh, member of the Oakland A's from 2016, um, he was drafted originally by the Dodgers, um, after Oakland, he's traded for cash to the Cubs, he gets DFA'd by the Cubs, then he goes to Texas, he is DFA'd by Texas, then he goes to Minnesota, he's DFA'd by Minnesota, finally lands in San Francisco, far as we know, he is still a member of the San Francisco Giants, and then finally, poor Grant Holmes, who was once the crown jewel of this particular prospect package who was originally with the Dodgers then goes to Oakland um, and then signed a minor league deal with Atlanta in 2022 and as of right now he is still a member of the Braves farm system so we will see uh, if ultimately he can prove his worth so far looking like he's lagging behind the other guys in that package who were not supposed to be as good as he was but alas doesn't always pan out that way. So interesting package for Oakland there uh, coming back for the Dodgers and one that I think actually did help the Dodgers. All right. That's trade, Samantha. That was fun, but we got to call it a night. If you like what you're hearing, give us a like. Give us a subscription, maybe leave us a review. Our Twitter handles are in that show summary, so if you want to give us a shout out or just yell at us because you didn't like what we said, that's fine too. Until next week, watch some baseball. Maybe the National League Championship Series. It's good for you.